0: Um, this morning I wanted to talk about uh, prosperity and God's heart to prosper us and his heart to prosper those around us. Um, it's something that actually God was speaking to me about just before we moved into the new building, uh, moved across here, uh, the last couple of weeks that we were um, in the old school building, um, I just felt, there was, it was during the worship, um, a couple of times, I just really felt God laying on my heart the word prosperity, and just this sense that God wanted to prosper us as a people and as a church. And uh, I wasn't 100% sure what it was about, I wasn't 100% sure, I was kind of wondering, okay, it feels good, but is there more to this? Um, and then Dave Webster was speaking uh, on one of those Sundays and just started to read from the life of Joseph. Uh, For those of you who don't know, uh, Joseph is an important figure for this church. Uh, There's been a couple of significant prophetic words over us as a church uh, family about kind of a Joseph anointing and uh, walking in kind of that that sense of kind of Joseph's calling. And there's a number of different aspects to that. Um, I think some of the key ones for us has been this sense of forerunning and running ahead and pressing into kind of the new land, the new things that God's got in store for his people, uh, and then being able to release that to others, um, and being able to give that away. But there was something in the story, as David read it, that just jumped out to me. So if, you, if you'd like to turn with me to Genesis 39, uh, we'll just take a look at some of the story of Joseph. So Genesis 39, we'll start at the beginning, just read the first six verses. So Joseph, at this stage, had grown up. He had 12 brothers, and uh, his brothers had been jealous of him and had plotted to kind of get rid of him and had sold him ultimately or left him for dead, and Joseph ended up uh, becoming a slave or a servant in Egypt. And we pick up the story where Joseph is working for a man called Potiphar And it just says this, 39.1, it says, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph and he prospered. And he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So he left in Joseph's care everything he had, With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. And you can see immediately as David was reading this, it jumped out at me. Just that the Lord prospered Joseph in everything he did. And he didn't just prosper Joseph, but he also prospered Potiphar's household and everything in it and everyone in it. And then we read on in the story of Joseph. Joseph stays with Potiphar for a while, enjoys success with Potiphar. Potiphar enjoys the blessing of Joseph being with him. And then Potiphar's wife tries to seduce Joseph. Joseph flees, runs away, doesn't want anything to do with it. But then he's falsely accused and he ends up in prison. And we pick up the story at verse 20, the middle of verse 20 where Joseph has been thrown in prison, where he's been falsely accused of of rape. And you'd think that that was a pretty bad place to be, that things probably weren't going to work out that well for Joseph there. But this is what happened. In verse 20, it says, While Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warder. So the, the warder put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison. And he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warder paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. Again, God's presence, God with Joseph. God gave him success in everything that Joseph did. Joseph prospered. The prison prospered. There was success. There was prosperity and then finally, we have the amazing story where Joseph is kind of taken out of prison to interpret Pharaoh's dream. And he tells Pharaoh that Egypt is expecting or can expect seven years of abundance and then seven years of famine. And he tells him that Egypt needs to prepare for this. And we then read that, jo- that Pharaoh decides that Joseph is the man to do this. He's the man to prepare Egypt for this and make sure that they are ready. And so he puts Joseph in charge of all of Egypt, second only to Pharaoh. And again, we see the blessing of God on Joseph and on that nation. We see that they have enough grain, enough food produced in in the seven years of abundance to feed themselves and also the nations of the world during the seven years of famine that follow. And God just began to speak to me out of this. He just began to speak to me that on this church there's a, a calling to be like Joseph. There's a, a Joseph kind of calling upon us. And I think one aspect of that that we are very much pressing into is, as I say, the forerunners, those running ahead and having lots to give away. But I just felt God saying that there's another aspect to it for us as a people, and that's that God wants to prosper us. God wants to give us success in the things that we put our hands to. He wants to give us success and blessing in the places where we are. And through us, he wants to bring blessing and success and prosperity to those around us. There's some other great stories in scripture that speak about this, that speak about the blessing of God and the blessing of God's presence. Uh, One of them you find in Samuel, um, 1 Samuel 6. I'll just give you a moment to find that. 1 Samuel, actually it's 2 Samuel 6, verse 11. And this is a story of the Ark of the Covenant, which is where God's presence dwelt. Uh, in the Old Testament. And uh, what had happened was uh, David had been appointed king, the Ark of the Covenant had been stolen from the Israelites, and he'd gone to get it back and bring it back to its rightful place in Jerusalem. But on the way back, uh, one of the officials, one of the people that were kind of transporting the Ark of the Covenant, uh, fell and put their hand out to catch it, and they ended up dying because. The presence of God was just so intense. And um, David decided, actually, this is too risky. Uh, And he, so he left it where it was. He left it in a house of a man called Obed-Edom. And this is what happened to Obed-Edom's house when the Ark of the Covenant was there. We read verse 11. It says, the Ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite for three months. And the Lord blessed him. And his entire household. Now King David was told. The Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom. And everything he has. Because of the ark of God. So David went down and brought up the ark of God. From the house of Obed-Edom. To the city of David. With rejoicing. See again it's a picture. It's a, it's a testimony. That God's presence. Dwelling in this house. God's presence living in this house. Brought blessing to the house and to the, the entire household. So much so that word actually made it back to the king. Word made it back to David that Obed-Edom's house was enjoying great blessing because God's presence was there. The Ark of the Covenant was there. And David, being no fool, decided, right, it's time to get it, and it's time to bring it back to Jerusalem. You see, the connection between God's presence and blessing, God's presence and things working, God's presence and life coming. And we've seen this also right from the beginning. You know, this has been God's heart right from the start. If you look in Genesis at the call that God gave to Abraham, one of the things that God says to Abraham was that he was going to make him into a great nation. And he said, I will bless you and I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and curse Whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So, God's heart, God's promise, God's intent to Abraham was to bless Abraham and to bless all the peoples of the earth through Abraham. It's always been to God's heart to bring blessing, it's always been to God's heart to do good. And I love the way it, some of the things we were singing this morning, the song that Gary. Uh, Gary has written, you know, that just talk about the glory of the Lord and and that glory being his goodness. You know, we see with Moses, as, as Moses asked God to let his glory pass before him, what God revealed to him was his goodness. It was the goodness of God that was revealed to him. And so my heart this morning, I think more than anything, is to encourage you to expect God to bless you. My heart this morning is to expect where the presence of God is, that there would be a blessing, that there would be prosperity, that things would work, that there would be fruitfulness, that there would be success. And that's not just for you, but actually it's for the people around you as well. And I feel that that's, that's one of the key ways in which God is revealing himself to us and to this nation, to the people around us. What do I mean by prosperity? What do I mean by God prospering us? Some of you might immediately be thinking that I'm talking about money. Well, I'm talking about money. But prosperity isn't just about money. It's, it's way bigger than that. Prosperity isn't measured in pound coins. Prosperity isn't measured in material possessions. But as I'll, I'll say in a minute, we don't need to fear them either. I think one of the best pictures of prosperity that comes from scripture is the word shalom. We see the word shalom used a lot throughout the Old Testament. And, um, you know, in, in that famous uh, blessing over the people of Israel, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you and give you peace. And that word peace, I think it's easy for us to, translate that and to think that that just is talking about a kind of a nice feeling that the kind of emotion of peace that you feel peaceful and whilst it does include that, it's much bigger than that when the israelites were praying and were blessing people and, and releasing the shalom of heaven over people they were releasing completeness they were releasing soundness of mind They were releasing peace in relationships, that relationships work well. They were releasing peace from war, from their enemies. They were releasing wealth and health and prosperity. They were releasing safety, tranquility, contentment. So you can see that that sense of kind of what God brings... There's way more to it than just peace in their hearts. It was way bigger than that. It was about completeness. It was about wholeness. It was about fruitfulness. It was about thriving. And we see that elsewhere as well. I think one of the things I, I would, I, I, I do want to say, we don't seek prosperity apart from God. You know, prosperity, we're not seeking it apart from him. It's not that we're, we seek after success or possessions in themselves. But I do think it's a byproduct of knowing him. I think it comes out of him. He is the source of life. And so we can expect as we know him and as He he's living within us that life would come. Scripture talks about streams of living water flowing within us. And that life actually brings fruitfulness. And it causes things to happen. I love the picture in Ezekiel of the river of God. And we see it again in Revelation. And in Ezekiel 47, we read about the river of God that brings life wherever it goes. And it's full of living creatures And it says it turns salt water fresh. Where places that are dead come alive. Places where there's no life come to life. And there's fruit trees by the river that bear fruit all year round. In season and out of season. There's abundance. There's plenty. There's fruitfulness. See, I know for me, kind of growing up. I would probably be quite nervous of this sort of teaching. (laughs) I would have probably been quite nervous of this, thinking, you know, surely we shouldn't be seeking after these things. You know, is it not arrogant to be successful? Is it okay to expect God to, to bless us and to give us things? But I just want to encourage you, I think the journey I've been on over the last few years, just realizing, actually, you don't need to fear wealth Influence, success. Actually, if you look at the book of Proverbs, if you go away and read the book of Proverbs, you'll see the link between righteousness and following God and wisdom. The fruit of those things is life, is health, is blessing. Actually, there's a connection in God between knowing him and and things working and fruitfulness and things thriving someone someone taught we were out at Bethel and uh, one of the one of the best things that we did while we were out there was go to Stephen De Silva's course Prosperous Soul Uh, Stephen De Silva uh, is the in charge of the finances at Bethel I don't know his title but kind of treasurer or or, or whatever and he's been on a journey himself you know living in a supernatural culture and the challenge of paying for that uh, and making that happen and uh Stephen's written a great book called Money and the Prosperous Soul, which I'd, I'd recommend that you read. But this was one of the best best things that I did while I was out there. And it, it was basically like being fed the book of Proverbs. That's what it felt like. It felt like someone had just got the wisdom of God and, and was just kind of giving it away. And um, one of the things that Stephen said was actually money isn't bad in itself. What money does is it exaggerates, it reveals what's in your heart. Money is neither good nor bad. Wealth is not good nor bad. But what it does is it exaggerates. It reveals what's in your heart. But then you went on to say, well, that means if you've got a good heart, actually what wealth and what money do is they exaggerate that and they reveal that. So who would God rather give wealth and influence to than you and I? people with good hearts who are going to do good things with it and who are going to bless the people around them. Who else would God rather entrust in places of influence with success than people who are going to do good things with it? I just want to encourage you. I think, that, I think certainly my experience in church life has been there's been a distrust of wealth and money and almost seeing it as a bad thing. And I just want to challenge that. Because if, if God is going to put us in places of influence, and God is going to give us resources to bless the world with, we need to be able to handle wealth and influence and success. We need to be comfortable with it and we need to be able to handle it. And God wants to put us in those places. He wants to put us in those places. And the reason is just like Joseph Because actually, it doesn't just bless us, it also blesses those around us. And it reveals to those around us the Father. It reveals the goodness of God to those around us. As I said, when Moses asked God to show him his glory, he revealed his goodness. And scripture tells us that the glory of the Lord will cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. Part of that is the goodness of God will be revealed throughout the world. And I really feel that God wants to reveal, is, is revealing his goodness. He's revealing himself to people through his goodness. You know, we live in a time when some people, in the name of God, are bringing terror and destruction and death. And actually, God is revealing himself as the God of love and of life and of goodness. That's how God is revealing himself to the world. So we don't need to be afraid of it. Scripture actually tells us that when the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. It's good news for people around us. Through the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted. Do we want to see Gravesend exalted? Do we want to see this nation exalted and come into its destiny? Actually, it's going to be through the blessing, through God raising up sons and daughters who can carry wealth and influence, bring success, bring life, cause things to work that haven't worked before, bring solutions. It's going to be through you and me and our brothers and sisters in this nation doing that. I also just want to kind of ask the question, what would prosperity look like for you? What does it look like for you? What would it look like in your family? What would it look like for your family to prosper? What would it look like for your street to prosper? What would it look like for your workplace to prosper? Or your school or your business? What would it look like for this town to prosper and to be prosperous, to be all that God has called it to be? What would it look like for this nation to prosper? I'm aware that kind of people are going to be starting from different places here in terms of prosperity. You might look at certain areas of your life and think, wow, that, that's about as far from prospering as you can get. You know, where do I even start? You know, you're talking about prospering, but, you know, I'm just trying to survive. Um, About eight years ago, I um, came down with chronic fatigue to the point where swimming one length of a 25 meter swimming pool would completely wipe me out for days. And it lasted severely for about 18 months. Um, had to work part-time for, quite a, the, for the majority of that. And it was partly physical. I'd ha- had a nasty virus that had triggered it. But it also stirred up for me a huge amount of emotion and revealed to me that there, I was carrying a huge amount of hurt inside, a huge amount of pain. I was rubbish at expressing emotion. I wanted to cry, but I couldn't. And uh, I was just heavy and hurting. And at that point, I was a million miles from prospering. And to be honest, there were points where I really didn't know what was going to happen. There were no answers. The doctors couldn't give me any answers. They didn't really know what was wrong. They didn't know how long it was going to last. And it was a very painful uh, time for me to be in. But throughout that time, I knew that this wasn't what God had for me. I knew that this wasn't where God wanted me to be. In fact, Pete won't know this, Pete Drayton, but the uh, passage that Pete read uh, this morning was one of the most significant passages that God gave me during that time. The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it will burst into blue. Streams will flow in the desert. Where there's barrenness, there'll be bubbling springs. And that, you can imagine, in the midst of that, how you know, that those promises that God gave me. Now, I'm pleased to report that kind of eight years on, I'm doing significantly better. You can kind of see physically. Emotionally, I'm doing quite a bit better. Still not where I want to be. There's still stuff that I'm working through. The way i describe it is I kind of started off down here. I'm probably somewhere about here now, and I think God wants to take me up here. But I think the important thing is that when we're in this place, and if we're starting in this place, whatever that looks like in your family, in your relationships, in your finances, whatever that looks like, I think it, it can be easy to think this is what God's got for me. And God, you know, God's going to teach me through the hardship. Maybe this is my calling. You know, it's easy to conclude that this is it. But I think it's really important we don't lose sight of the fact that actually God's heart is here. This is what God wants for you. Even if this is what you're experiencing and this is what your experience has been, actually God wants to bring you here. You know, I always felt that God, God's heart for me was wholeness, God's heart for me was full health. God's heart for me was to know the joy of the Lord. And that's what I'm pursuing. And so I just want to encourage you, wherever you're starting from, in terms of prosperity, I think one of the key things is not to, if if you're experiencing lack, is not to believe that that's all that God has for you, and not to settle for that in your lives, or the lives of those around you. And finally, i just say that I think prosperity primarily starts in the heart, and it's a heart issue. As I said, it, we never divorce it from knowing him. The first thing is knowing him and enjoying him and being loved by him. But actually, you know that he's the one who created everything. He's the one who brings life. He's the one who causes... Trees to bear fruit. He's the one who causes the earth to produce and be green. He's the one who restores the broken hearted. He's the one who is the source of all wisdom. He's the one who has unlimited resources. So actually knowing him, that's where it comes from. So I just want to ask you some heart questions, just to leave you with to leave you to think through. Do you expect good things to happen to you? Do you expect good things to happen to you? Or do you expect things not to turn out well? Do you expect the things that you do to succeed? Do you expect them to be successful? And do you expect God to bless them? Do you expect to have the resources to do the things that God has given you to do and to be a blessing to those around you? And finally, would you be able to receive wealth and influence from God without feeling unworthy, guilty or fearful? I just encourage you to think on those things, because I think clearing our heart out and being open to receive blessing from God is is a key. For us, You know, if, if, we, if we're not expecting good things to happen, it's going to make it much harder for them to happen. If we don't think that we're worthy to receive blessing from God, chances are we will probably sabotage any attempts that God makes to try and bless us. So actually making our, getting our heart right and getting rid of lies is really important. And we haven't got time to kind of delve into more of that this morning, but Stephen in his book... Uh, really does help with that. So I would encourage you, if any of those kind of resonate or great with you, uh, to, to, to have a read of, of that book. But as I say, I think the, the primary thing I wanted to communicate this morning, the primary thing I wanted to encourage you with, is just to catch the heart of God to bless you, to prosper you, to make you successful in the things that he's given you to do that you would be a blessing to those around you and actually see the kingdom come in those environments that you find yourselves in. Because I think God wants to reveal himself to us. he's, He's revealing more and more of his goodness to us and he's also revealing more and more of his goodness to those around us. And that's how I believe he wants to reveal himself to those around us. I also just wanted to pray. I just really felt today it'd be good to pray for people in two main spheres Um, and they were education and politics Um, because I really felt God say you know this whole thing of bringing prosperity you know this this applies uh out there you know this this is to bless us but also that we we would be a blessing and two areas where I particularly felt God wanted to just almost just release a blessing over you today was those who who work in education or politics or those who want to work in education or politics and i just saw for example somebody working in a failing school and you know god giving wisdom and god giving insight and god giving strategies to actually help turn things around and i think that's kind of that's what this that's the, kind of the outworking of this if you like so i just want to ask if anyone here works in educational politics or would like to work in educational politics, do you just want to stand? You just want to release kind of a blessing over you guys. Yay. Would the rest of you just reach out your hands towards them? We're just going to release God's goodness and his favor over them and his wisdom. Yay. Father, I thank you that your heart is to bless this this nation and to bless the people that we come into contact with every day. And Father, I just release your goodness and your blessing and your favor over the people here who work in education and politics. Father, who have influence over our children, over our towns, over our cities, over our communities, and over this nation. And Father, I just release your blessing over them and I release them to be a blessing. Father, and to bring your kingdom into the different spheres that they're working in and the different spheres where they have influence. Father, I just release wisdom from heaven. I release heaven's wisdom to bring about changes and to bring about uh, life in the environments that they're working in. Father, I release solutions for problems. And I also release an expectation of good. Father, I release an expectation of the kingdom to come in the different spheres that they're working in. Yeah. Father, I release hope. I release hope as well. Father, that if they're working in areas that are hopeless, I release your hope. Father, and ask for guidance. I ask that you would guide them and give them keys to bring your kingdom in, in their spheres. Thank
1: you, Father. I just want to add to that that uh, when we saw, just keep praying for those people, because um, when David asked uh, Anais to come and dance on the stage, I felt God just really prompting, uh, just, just speak to me about being on display. And God is going to bring some of you, uh, has already put some of you on display in your spheres. And this is for the education people uh, and politics, but maybe for others here this morning. God is putting you on display, and there's going to be an unusual display for you, okay? You're suddenly going to think, oh, gosh, people are looking at what I do, perhaps in a new way, and God's going to raise you up. And part of that prosperity, you know, that that Tim's referring to this morning, is people are going to say, well, how how do you manage in this situation? How do you do this? How do you, you know, even at one simple level, how do you keep happy in a situation like this? God's going to put you on display. For some of you, it's going to be an unusual display. Sometimes it will be individuals, but for some of you, it's actually about being on display, you know, to your whole sort of organisation or your whole sphere of influence. That God's just going to raise you up, and, and, and there's going to be a, a journalistic thing about that. That there's, you know, there're going to be things published about you, maybe, uh, or there'll be some some sort of publicity around what you do, and, and you're not to be afraid of that. You're you're to step out and say, well, God put me in here. See, you have been faithful, and God will bless that faithfulness, and God wants to enlarge the sphere of your influence in those places.
0: Thank you, David. And then why don't we all just stand? I just want to – this is for every one of us here as well. I just felt particularly those two areas laid on my heart. But we had the word earlier during the worship about new leaves, about shoots emerging. From established branches, and it was a season of new growth and new things happening and new life coming. And first of all, just just open your hearts to heaven. I, the first thing I just want to release an expectation of that. I just want to release an expectation in your heart and in your life of new life, of new things emerging, of good things happening. And of fruitfulness. I just release over you an expectation of fruitfulness. An expectation that that the desires and the things God's put in your heart that He actually wants to bring them about. And that there'll be great blessing associated with that. And Father, I just release I just release your presence now over every single one here. And Father, I just release I I just release that life giving presence. I release your life-giving presence. And we just bless what you're doing. Father, I just bless, I just say thank you that you are causing new shoots to emerge, that you're causing new life to emerge, that you're causing new growth, and that you're causing springs to th- things to spring up that we haven't seen before. Thank you, Father. Wow. There's great freedom as well. You know, as Gary was leading worship, when he just stood back and said, just what, what's God doing? I just was singing the song, there's freedom in this place. There's freedom in this place. There's freedom in this place. And I think that's, that's part of this as well. I just want to release you. There's f- freedom to pursue the things that God's put in your heart. There's freedom to pursue the desires and the, the passions that God's put in your heart. Whoa. <laughs> and, <there's, laughs> and as you do that, I think there's going to be so much blessing released And I just want to remove constraints off you, you know, where people have said you can't do it or you've been told you can't do it or people have said it's not appropriate in church or people have said, you know, you're not very good at something. I just want to break those constraints off. If you feel it's unbiblical, you felt it's not of God or whatever it might be. I just want to release you to pursue the things and the passions that God's put in your heart. Because I think as we pursue those things, new life is going to emerge and fruitfulness is going to flow. So I just, I just release you now. Whoa. And I just say, pay attention to those things and pursue them. Pay attention to those things and pursue them. Yeah, so Father, we, just, we, we bless what you're doing. We call forth the fruit. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Father. Let's just say together. Father, we expect your goodness. goodness. I say it again. Father, we expect your goodness. goodness. And then finally, Father, Father, we receive your blessings. Yeah, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Great. Thank you, everybody.